All right, so what makes Mary today, we're going to look at Mary, what makes Mary so amazing? Um, before we get into that, I want to read you a couple of things. Fred is 32 years old, and he's still single. Listen to this. One day a friend asked, why aren't you married? Can't you find a woman who will be a good wife? Fred replied, actually, I found many women I wanted to marry, but when I bring them home to meet my parents, my mother doesn't like them. His friends think for a moment and says, I got a perfect solution. Just find a girl like your mother, and she will like her. So a few months later, they meet again. The friend says, did you find the perfect girl? Did your mother like her? With a frown on his face, he says, yes, I found the perfect girl. She was just like my mother. You were right. My mother liked her very much. The friend said, then what's the problem? Problem is my dad don't like her. <laughs> Young girl asked her mom, how, how did the uh, human... By the way, I won't use the Bible today. Don't worry about it. But, but <laughs> a young girl asked her mom, how did the human race appear? The mother said, well, God made Adam and Eve and they had children and that's how mankind was here. Two days later, the girl asked her dad, so how, how was the human race? How did they come? And well, many years ago, they came from monkeys and, uh, and that's how the human race evolved. So the kid goes... So my, I don't understand it. I don't know how this is possible. You tell me that everyone was created by God. Dad tells me everyone was created for monkeys. What's right? The mother said, well, it's very simple. My side of family's from God. Your side, of, your dad's side of family's from the monkeys. That's a bad one. All right, here's the last one before we get into the text. A kid asked his dad, what is a man? What's a man? A dad said, a man is someone who is responsible and takes care of the family. The kid says, I hope one day I become a man just like mom. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of three ain't bad, right? Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for Father's Day. Huh? It's going to be exciting. What makes Mary so amazing? I grew up an altar boy. I had a say the Hail Marys. Anybody say the Hail Marys? Ever have to do that growing up and... Yeah, you guys know how it is. Uh, I was there, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed are the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. You know, and just say all that. Uh, what, what makes Mary so amazing? In fact, if you go to Argentina, there's a place called Luján, where they have La Virgen de Luján. And in that place there in Argentina, people make pilgrimages. The Pope actually went and made a pilgrimage to the Virgin Mary to go see Mary there and pray to Mary. And they call her La Virgen de Luján. And people, when they have a problem, they go and pray. What makes Mary so amazing? Is it that? Well, let me tell you some misconceptions about Mary here for a moment. One of the misconceptions is the Immaculate Conception. That's, that's where people think that Mary was born without a sin nature, never sinned. Well, how do we know that's wrong? Because in, in the Bible, in Luke chapter 1, she cries out to God, her Savior. Mary needed to be saved. And guess what? So do we. 
And so the Immaculate Conception that she was born without a sin nature and never sinned is wrong. It's not biblical. Look at another one, perpetual virginity. People think that Mary stayed a virgin, that she never knew a man. What's wrong with that? Well, in John chapter 7, it says that Jesus had brothers. Even James, the book of James is his half what? Brother. So Mary did know uh, Joseph after Jesus was born. Here's another one. A bodily assumption that Mary never died but was taken up to heaven. And when she was taken up to heaven, she was crowned, listen to this, the queen of heaven. Now what's wrong with that? Well, if you ever study the book of Jeremiah, this is interesting. Even in the book of Jeremiah, the, the, the people were worshiping a pagan queen and they made her out and they were sacrificing to what? To the queen of heaven. I wouldn't want to be called the queen of heaven. And yet, they make her to be the queen of heaven. And here's probably the saddest of them all. In 1854, this came out. Well, one of the popes said, you know what? Mary is not only a wonderful person. Mary is a co-redeemer. Mary is a co-mediator. We ought to pray to Mary and ask for Mary for the forgiveness of sins. And let me tell you what the Bible says. There's one God and there's one mediator between God and man. And his name, not her name, his name is Jesus. I grew up believing this. I grew up praying to Mary. And before we get to where, ah, oh, Mary, you know, and then all of a sudden now everyone thinks so high of Mary that we just talk so low of Mary. Mary's a wonderful person in the Bible. We're gonna, I mean, it's incredible with Mary, but we've missed Mary. We've missed it. In fact, it's got, people are fanatic about this. Did you know that a grilled cheese with a picture of Mary on it. I can't even make this up. A picture of Mary, quote unquote, on it, sold for $28,000. Because Mary appeared in, of all things, a grilled cheese. Now, if it was me, it would be on a piece of pizza. Amen? And not a grilled cheese. But a grilled cheese and people bought it, $28,000. I thought of a great way to raise money for our building. <laughs> this is it. All we need to do is fry some grilled cheeses out there and hope Mary appears on one of them. And we'll just sell it for a building. We joke around, but people are very serious about this. In fact, people dedicate their lives to Mary. Sad. Who is this Mary in the Bible? And, and what can we learn about Mary? Look, this, this started even when Jesus was around. Do you remember, do you remember when Jesus was around and somebody, a lady from the crowd cries out, look at Luke 11, 27 to 28. While Jesus was saying these things, one of the women in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. In other words, great is Mary. Blessed is Mary. Mary is wonderful. Even when Jesus was around, they were crying out to Mary. And look what he says. On the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. See, you could be blessed just like Mary was blessed. 
You can have that blessing. In fact, every Christian that accepts Jesus Christ, everyone that accepts Jesus is blessed with every spiritual blessing. We saw that already. But he's saying, on the contrary, here's a blessed life. People who hear God's word and people who observe God's word. That's a blessed life. But who is this Mary? Let's look at biblical truths about Mary. In Luke 1.26, this is interesting. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called what? Nazareth. Now here's what's interesting. Mary is from Nazareth. You say, why is that so important? Well, Nazareth was nothing to write home about. In fact, it says that in Nazareth, and at that time, if you look it up now, Nazareth's a beautiful city, but if you look up Nazareth at that time, there was only about 200 people living in Nazareth at that time. And they were detestable people. They did not, they were despised. In fact, somebody asked, can anything good come out of where? Nazareth. And so she's not this person with a lot of money, a lot of prestige and all that. She's from this no-name town, this nowhere town, not even mentioned in the Old Testament Nazareth here. Notice what else we know about her. She's a virgin that's what? Engaged. Now, I don't know if I'd want to live in biblical times. I'm thankful for the time I live in. But one of the advantages of living in the biblical times, you got to choose the spouse for your children. Now, one amen. I'm glad I don't get to do that now. So you would, so engagement back then was a lot different than we have now. Engagement back then is the parents would be involved. They would choose the spouse and then, and then the man would pay money. I like that part. Pay all the money there. And then he would prepare himself. They would be engaged and that engagement, they were bound so much that they could only get out of that engagement by what? Divorce. This was a binding time. And in fact, if they were not faithful during that time, they could be stoned to death. So we know she's engaged. And also what we know is she's engaged to a guy named Joseph. And what we know about Joseph is he's a carpenter and he's also, he's one who is righteous. So he's a hard worker who loves God. I, I like that. That's what we want for each one of our, our kids. Marry a hard worker who loves God. Or if you're a boy, marry, be somebody who's a hard worker and loves God. And then we know here in this passage that Mary was a virgin. It's mentioned how many times in verse 27? Twice. Now, people play with this word and they say, oh, that just means a young girl and all this. The word literally means someone who never knew a man intimately, sexually. She was a virgin. It says it twice. She's young. Some say she's only 14 or 15 at this time. She's from a small town, a despised town. Nobody thinks anything good could come out of that. She's never knew a man at this time intimately. And her name is Mary, which means Miriam or could mean bitter in, in the Hebrew. And so that's what we know about her. And then all of a sudden, here comes this angel and he's going to tell us how to cultivate a heart like Mary. How can we cultivate a heart like Mary? What can we learn about Mary, this no-name? First thing we can learn is reflect on God's word. Look at this here. And coming in, he said to her, here comes the angel, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. 
Wow, can you imagine this? I mean, here's this young 14, 15, 16, we don't know how old, engaged to a man, going to get married here in a year. She's from a no-name town, and all of a sudden, here comes the angel, and here's what he says. You are favored. What? You are full of grace. That's what it says. You have been favored by God. And look at this in verse 28. The Lord is with you. You know what that means? I love that phrase. That means God has something for you to do. In the Old Testament, when God would come up to somebody and say to Gideon, Hey, Gideon, oh, valid man, the Lord is with you. You know what that means? God has something for you to do. He comes up to Mary and says this, You are full of grace. God's got a task for you. Get ready. You got special presence of God in your life and you got special power to do what God wants you to do. God is going to be with you. He is with you. He's got a project for you, Mary. Now, how would you react to that? Here you are, 14, 15, from a no-name town. You're engaged to get married. All of a sudden, the angel says you're full of grace and he's got something for you. What would you how would you react to that? Well, look at verse 29. She is perplexed. I could just see her say, what? You got the right person here? I mean, I'm from Nazareth. I mean, you know Nazareth? You know anything about that town? I'm about to get married. Um... Uh, you, you show you, she's perplexed. She's confused. She doesn't know what's going on here. She's, she, she's, she's just sitting there. She's like, what in the world is going on here? I'm a recipient of God's favor. What in the world? But it doesn't stop right there. Notice what it says here. She kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. So here's what's happening here. She doesn't know right now what's going on. She doesn't understand it. If we just stop right there, we can sing the song, Mary, did you know? But we're going to see Mary did know. We can sing that wonderful song, Mary, did you know, based on this verse. But what I love about Mary, look at that. She kept pondering in her heart. You know what that means? She kept reflecting in her heart what God had for her. Watch this. Look at this here. In Luke chapter 2, verse 19, when the shepherds came and told her about Jesus, what did Mary do? Mary treasured all these things in her heart and she pondered them in her heart. She kept reflecting on them. Later on, Jesus is around 12 years old and he's teaching in a temple. And it says here in verse 51, and he went down with them and, and came to Nazareth and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother, what did she do? She treasured, she pondered these things in her heart. Mary was a thinker. Mary reflected on God's word. Mary didn't just listen to what God had to say. Mary thought about what God had to say. There's a difference. There's a lot of people that say, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but don't really give thought into what God is saying to their lives. Really, when we come to the scriptures and we hear God's word, we ought to ask this, what does it mean to me? What does it mean for me? And what does it require of me? I hope you're asking that with this sermon. I'm going to require something of you later. What does it require of me? What does it mean for me? Not just listening to God. She is perplexed, but she is pondering what is going on. How does this, re what do I have to do? What does this require of me? Mary, did you know? He's going to tell her right now. Here's what's going to happen. Look at this. The angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Here's what's going to happen, Mary. Look at it. Did you know? Here's what you're going to know. You're going to conceive in your womb and bear a son, Mary. 
You're going to call him. You're not, I'm not even going to let you pick the name. You're going to call him. This is what you're going to call him. You're going to call him what? Jesus. I love that name. The Hebrew word, the Old Testament is what? Joshua. You know what it means? God saves. You're going to call him the one who saves. The Lord who saves. The Yahweh who saves. You're going to call him Jesus. You know what else is going to be about this kid? He's going to be great. The same thing was said about John the Baptist. But there's a difference between him and John the Baptist. Not only is he going to be great, he's going to be called the son of who? The most high. He's going to be God. He is going to be great. The title used of God, but to be, not to confuse him with John the Baptist. He is going to be the son of God. Equal with God. Wow, Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that not only that, the Lord God is going to give him, give him what? The throne of his father David. He's going to reign on this earth. He's going to reign the promise made to David. And guess what? He's going to reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. You know what, know what the angel saying to him? Mary, guess what's going to happen? You're going to give birth to the long-awaited Messiah. Wow. Here she is, this young, about to be engaged to a hard worker who loves God, but he can't produce the Messiah. And all of a sudden, she's sitting there, and she's a thinker. Remember, you're not just going to tell something to Mary, and she's not going to question you, ask you something. She sees a problem here. There's a problem. Look at the next verse. There's a problem. We reflect and trust God to take you beyond your limitations. Look at this problem. Mary says to the angel, how can this be? I'm a virgin. There's a little problem here. I'm not married. I've never known a man. How am I ever going to do this? I'm a virgin. What's going to happen here? I mean, I mean, she's not doubting God. She's not doubting the angels. She's not. She's just. She's a thinker. She's asking a question. Can you give me some enlightenment? How is this ever going to happen? And I love how he responds. No rebuke. He just says this, verse thirty-five. Then the angel said to her. The, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Don't miss this. Will overshadow you. There's some people who, who actually teach that the Father left heaven and had sexual relations with Mary. That is blasphemy. That is wrong. That never happened. What, what happened was that the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that hovered over the dark earth and created things as the Holy Spirit created, the very Holy Spirit over shadowed it says here or the presence of the holy spirit imagine this he, he hovered the over the earth it was all dark and gave the earth light just like he hovered over the womb of mary and gave light to the world with what with the light of life jesus christ this is an amazing passage the presence of the holy spirit will take care of it mary and guess what because the holy spirit has done it you're going to have a holy child and this holy child will be called the Son of God. And here, Mary, if you need some proof, just think of your relative Elizabeth who conceived a son in when? In her old age. There's obstacle number one. But guess what? God took care of that in her old age. And here's obstacle number two. She was called barren. She couldn't even have children. And yet, guess what? She did. So somebody asked, 
Mary's thinking, how can this be? I'm, I'm a virgin. No, no, no don't worry. The Holy Spirit's going to come and overshadow. The presence of the Holy Spirit is going to come. You're going to conceive. And guess what? Your relative, your cousin, Elizabeth, the one that is conceived in her old age and the one that was barren is now in her sixth month. And here's something else, Mary, for you to think about. Nothing will be impossible with who? With God. Now watch out with this verse. Because some people quote this verse when they're going through a tough time in life and they twist it out of context. Nothing is impossible with God when He wants to do it. It doesn't mean that He's going to always do everything that I want Him to do. I remember the guy uh, twisting the... Uh, Twisting the can, I love this one. He's trying to open up the pickle jar and he's quoting Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And his wife comes in and says, Tom, twist the jar, not the scriptures, please. <laughs> Don't twist this scripture. Don't go home thinking, all right, nothing will be impossible for God. I can do everything. That's it. Nothing's going to be possible. He wants me to do this. I can do this. Nothing's impossible for God. When he says he's going to do it, nothing is impossible for him. No obstacle will ever stop God when he says he's going to do it. He said she's going to have this baby. Nothing is impossible for God. Remember when, when uh, Abraham was told and Sarah laughed that she was going to have a child? And what did God say? Nothing's impossible for me. So nothing is impossible. So how is she going to respond to this? Here it is. Here's what makes Mary so amazing. She hears the obstacles are going to be taken away. She knows that God can do something. So watch what she does here. She humbly accepts God's will no matter what the cost. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the bondservant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. The, and the angel departed from her. What happens here with Mary? The angel comes to Mary, says, Mary, you're going you're gonna to have a child. This is what the child's going to be, the, the long-awaited Messiah. This is going to be amazing, Mary. Don't worry about the obstacles. You're a virgin. Don't worry. Just think of your relative. She was barren and old, but yet she had a child. Don't worry about all the things. God can do it. Mary says, you know what? Here I am. You say, what did that mean when she said that? It meant she was risking her life. You know why? Because if she was found out to be pregnant outside of wedlock, that could have meant her life. It could have meant, and it did mean doubt from Joshua, uh, Joseph. Joshua, Joseph. Joseph doubted her. It could mean, and it did mean, that, that people called Jesus the son of what? Fornication. It did mean shame and everything. But you know what Mary says? Even though it's going to be shameful, even though it's going to be a great cost, even though it's going to be all those things, here I am, Lord, use me. That's a mom after God's own heart. That's a mom who is willing to, no matter what the cost, say, you know what? I may be powerless and all, but I trust in God to do what only God can do. Here am I. I am your bondservant. May your word be done in my life. You see, what makes Mary so amazing, here it is, is her humble admission of personal powerlessness. You know what makes a great mother? Is a mother who realizes she can't change her children. But God can. 
A mother that doesn't try to manipulate everything to make their children change. Oh, you will change. Watch me, baby. I brought you into this world and I will take you out. And the mother that does all these things to make their kids change but never focuses on the heart. Remember, God has never called a mother to change their children. Change the diaper, yeah, but change the children, no. And Mary realizes that in her humble admission of personal powerlessness. We can't. Our inability as parents. I think about that. I remember one missionary going to a mission field and somebody said to him, you think you can change those? Do you really think you can change those people? And he said, no, but I think God can. And you want to know what else that made Mary so amazing is that her confident rests in the very power of God. She kept pondering in their heart these wonderful things and she humbly submitted to what God had for her life. I was going over this and thinking of my own mom growing up. My mom was not a godly woman growing up. She'll tell you, and I'll tell you, she was not. Um, My mom is not an example of raising a child in the way of the Lord. She didn't know how to do that. She didn't know God at that time. What my mom is, is an example of it's never too late to change. My mom was hard as can be to the gospel. In fact, when I got saved, you guys, some of you know the story. She called my college and she said, what did you do to my son? He's reading his Bible. What's wrong with him? My mom, I invited her to church. Oh, I would love her reaction after church. She'd get so mad. She would get so, her vein would come out. She, she, she thought I put preachers up to what to preach that Sunday to just to get at her. She got so mad at me. I remember one time I was so excited. She was coming to visit us in Iowa and she was at church and it was a church of 200 people and she was there and the guy gave an invitation for people to get saved. And afterwards she came up and she goes, Jeremy, you put him up to that, Jeremy. How dare you put him up to that? You knew that we were the only two unsaved in the whole place. I'm like, Mama, how did I know that? Mama, uh, you're the one that did it. You're the one that did it. <laughs> Wrote me letters. I got a letter. I can't believe I raised a son that was so smart, but yet turned out to be so stupid. My mom was in the hospital, and I, I thought this was it. We called the family in hard, hard to the gospel. We called the family in and we said, time to say goodbye. She's on uh, an ICU with tubes all. She, she wasn't going to make it out of there. She even wrote with her finger, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die. She got out of that. I thought, yes, yeah, she's getting saved. She got out of that. She's going to get saved. No, nope. she goes to church. She starts going to church. She calls me up. She says, you know what? I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to get saved. I'm not ready to get saved. I said, okay, mom. And I remember feeling so proud. How can a lady go through so much, almost die, and still not want Jesus? And then I got the call. Hey, Jeremy, you sitting down? Yeah, I am. Well, today I went to church, and the guy asked, anybody want to get saved? And I raised my hand, and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Hard to that. To now, 
watching us every Sunday, taking notes, talking about the sermon, having friends, people I don't even know watching us, calling them up saying, no, no, you, you shouldn't think about it. You need to watch my son. You will watch my son. <laughs> she's amazing. But she's an example that's never too late to submit your heart to God. We look at our lives, we see all the mistakes we make, and we say, wow, look what I did to my children. But you want to know the encouraging thing? God has more power to redeem them than we do to mess them up. So we need to trust in Him. And there may be times when He comes to you and says, hey, you're full of grace. You got out of here. You're like, what? Me? I'm the terrible. No, no, no. God has a, He wants to use you and take you beyond what you think you can do. Because we are instruments in His hands for change. All we are is to say, here I am, Lord. I accept. May it be according to your will. You do with my life and help me to point those in my care to you. So the question is this for this morning. Is your life submitted to God like Mary's was? Mary is not up in heaven hoping that we pray to her. Mary is not up in heaven giving grace to anyone. Mary is up in heaven because of God's grace. Mary is up in heaven because God is her Savior. Mary was a young nobody from a detestable town that God used greatly. And Mary's probably up there saying, you know what, guys, if God can use me, God can use you. You just keep pressing on. So happy Mother's Day and find encouragement in Mary. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your example of grace and mercy in the life of Mary. And Lord, I look at this young teenager that the angel comes to and she ponders in her heart she reflects in her heart. She asks the right questions, not doubting you, but wondering, how's this going to happen? You encourage her, and then you use her greatly for the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for the great example of a woman whose heart was fixed on you. So, Father, I pray that that's our heart today. There are many hurting moms out there watching their children do things that don't please you, wondering and beating themselves up for the mistakes that they have made. Help them to remember that your power is so much more to redeem their children than our power to mess them up. Encourage them in those days where they can't sleep at night or a baby's crying or things that are happening, Lord. And thank you so much for my mom. The example of it's never too late to change. God, thank you for touching her heart at the right time in the right place. Bringing the right message. And Lord, thank you for what you're doing now in her life. 
continue to help her to grow, to, to love you and to serve you with all our heart, soul, and mind. Continue to use her as she, she reaches out to others who need you. Help her life to be an example to those who are still unwilling to change. May today be the day. May today be the day where they submit their hearts and say, I believe, I trust in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. I ask him to come into my life and to save me. Nothing in my hand I bring, but only to the cross I cling. I come to Christ and I submit to him. Father, I pray, Lord, that we would put our children in your hands and trust you to work in their lives like only you can. Forgive us for trying to be the instrument of change. We can't change them. You can. Help us, Father, just to point them to you. We pray in Jesus' precious name and for his glory. Amen. Please stand.